You're listening to a Bible lesson taught in the youth group at Trinity Baptist Church. We hope this Bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the Lord. Um, like Pastor Burden said, uh, it's a real, well, he didn't say this, but it's a real privilege and honor to be able to speak to you guys. Um, I'll just be honest with you, I missed every single one of you, um, even when at school. I know Ryan will... He's too cool to admit it, but he really did miss you guys. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he and I really missed you guys. We we tried to keep in contact with some of you guys, but uh, it's a real neat thing to see uh, us that graduate and go on to college and then eventually graduate from college and come back and to see all you guys and um, see how you guys are growing in the Lord. Some of you guys and girls have just matured greatly as far as spiritually is concerned. And that's a real thrill to my heart because I know where I was at when you guys were there and you guys are head over heels where I was at. Um, I was a hypocrite. I, I wasn't living right at that time and God got a hold of my life until I was a senior in uh, high school. It really changed my perspective on life and that's the direction that I'm striving to follow now. And so, um, again, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to do that. I don't take that lightly to present God's Word uh, to anybody. And so um, with that, let's take our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I know this is a day and age when we have iPads, so if you have your iPad, you know, I can hear the little taps on it. So, <laughs> But anyway, Matthew chapter 14, when you have your place there, look down at uh, verse 22. It says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. While he, sent the, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit! And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30, But when he saw the wind, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We just thank you for um, all that's been accomplished thus far. Lord, we thank you for these teens and for their hard work, even through these uh, school year, the school year, and just uh, the accomplishments that have been made, uh, Lord. And not only just the accomplishments in academics, but spiritually as well, Lord, and the striving that these teens have done. Lord, I just ask and pray that you would just use me, hide me behind your cross, and let me speak your words and not mine and your message and what you have given to me. Lord, I just pray that you would just give us a good rest of the evening and a safe trip home. We pray these things in your Son's precious name. Amen. One of the one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most and very recent is um, I'll let I'll let you all know I'm going to strive or try to get engaged this summer. Um, I've been dating for two years, almost two and a half years now, and uh, all my money that I've had for school or that I've had goes to school for the last four years, so I have no money. That's why I'm working at United Plastics right now, which is a great job. But um, I'm being sarcastic when I say that. 
Um, actually, this this uh, today I was working with uh, Nick. Some of you guys know him. He's uh, Josh's Josh's brother-in-law, Josh Barnes' brother-in-law, and uh, he was he was chopping something today, and uh, uh, the plastic, this big chunk of plastic, probably about that big, just came right off his axe, and I'm facing the other way, or facing him hitting something else. And the thing just comes right off and just hits me right in the forehead. And I was just like, Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting paid. I'm working, you know. And I was really, really frustrated because it was so early and everything like that. But one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, like I said, is getting engaged and saving for that and eventually getting to marriage and eventually getting to the great milestone of having kids. And I know we have some parents in here that have had children and um, are... Uh, have experienced the first steps of their child. Um, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most is the first steps that my child takes because I've watched parents as they've coaxed their child into walking. I don't know if you did this, Pastor Burden, but I've seen people just like, oh, come on, come on, come on, you know, and their kid's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and they're just like, you know, they, the kid's just like walking like this, you know, and just walking, and then all of a sudden, you know, they look at somebody that's watching them, and then all of a sudden they forget where they're at, and they just fall flat on their face, start crying, and then dad's just like, why weren't you looking at me? And, you know, mom's just like, be nice to him, you know. But, um... The thing, the thing with kids, alright, I've lost you all, no, I'm just kidding. The thing with, with, uh, kids and toddlers and walking is that most of the time, if not all the time, you could say that when a child is walking, they're looking at the person that they're going towards. They're looking at the mom, they're looking at the dad, and as soon as the child gets distracted, which is so often the case, they get distracted and then they fall off to the side and then they hurt themselves and of course the parents there to pick them up and set them back up on their feet, and they're able to go. And the thing, the thing is, is a funny illustration, but yet it's the same thing when it comes to this passage with Peter. And we're going to look at this uh, um, as a whole, but verse 22 through 31 gives the account of how the disciples had just finished, uh, Jesus Christ had just finished his miracle of feeding the 5,000. And now he's telling his disciples, hey, I want you to get in the boat, go ahead, go ahead before me, I'm going to go up and I'm going to go pray. And the disciples obey, they get in the boat, and they get in the sea, and then all of a sudden a storm occurs. And they're very fearful, they're very scared. And then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ comes on the scene, and He's walking on water, and of course, the disciples are like, oh my goodness, what is this? You know, is this a spirit? And, and of course, Jesus Christ comes in and settles them down, and Peter then realizes it's Jesus Christ and desires to go to Him. And the key is, is that we have to understand that ultimately with that circumstance, with Peter walking on the water, who was ultimately in control of that? God was. Jesus Christ was. He, he had the power, he had the ability to allow Peter to come onto water and to be able to walk. And one of the things that us as believers need to do is our, our, our faith and our focus and our trust ultimately needs to rely in on Jesus Christ. And that's what Peter had to do. When Peter got off the, off the boat onto the water... It is a total dependency upon Jesus Christ. And the title of my message tonight is, God is Always in Control. And a lot of times when I was a teenager, I went through these circumstances as a teenager, I went through these circumstances in college, and I would always doubt. I would always say, is this really what God wants? Is this, is this by accident? And as teenagers, you guys are going to face a lot of things, a lot of circumstances some of you that are, obviously we're all students here, some of us are going to have a bad grade. Now, some of you are probably like, no, I get all A's, my mom praises me for it, you know, whatever. Well, that's your business, no. But, you know, some of us are going to have a difficulty in school. We're going to struggle. There's going to be those circumstances. 
Some of us are athletes, like me, where I had an injury, where my knee popped out. That's a difficulty. You're going to have, you're not going to have your knee pop out, but but you're going to have an injury. There's going to be something that's going to happen. And for the rest of you, there's something in your life that's going to take place, whether it's finances, whether it's a relationship going bad, or whether it's, uh, I don't know, you fill in the blank, but there's going to be a difficult circumstance in your life. And ultimately, you have to decide to say, you know what, I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to understand that God is always in control. With Ryan and I, with finances at college, college tuition has gone up. And times were tough. It was Money was tight. But God was always in control. And we stand here today as college graduates by the grace of God because He's always in control. Same with you guys. On a daily basis, there's going to be circumstances in your life that you're going to have to trust God and say, you know what? He's always in control. Just think about this. When a difficult circumstance comes in your life, just repeat the phrase over and over again, God is always in control. Because that will continually remind you to have the right attitude. You know, in the New Testament, it talks about having our mind just like Jesus Christ. If we continually repeat those phrases of God or the Bible verses, that will help us remind ourselves that God's always in control. If you look at verse 22 in our text, it says, In straightway Jesus constrained his disciples, disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. If you're taking notes, um, I don't really have like Roman numeral one, point A, you know, letter one, or number, letter one. Number one under letter A, I don't have that type of outline. I just have, uh, I want you to write, if you're taking notes, take the phrase, if God is always in control, we must dot, 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 and then there'll be some things after to follow. But verse 22, it talks about how Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, and as he's sending the multitudes away. First thing, if God is always in control, we must obey Jesus even when it doesn't seem to make sense. Now, in context, it doesn't specifically say that the disciples questioned Jesus Christ, but you have to wonder, the disciples always wanting to be with Jesus Christ to see his miracles, to see his ministry, after he had done something so miraculous, he's like, all right, you guys go this way, I'm gonna, you guys go ahead. Well, well, why, Jesus, why? You know, they, they never questioned Jesus' command. And when circumstances come in our life, you can't question God because, remember, He's always in control. And sometimes in our life, we get caught up in all of these reasons as to why we should know why we're going through that circumstance. Why, why, is, why is this relationship this way? Or why are my grades this way? Or why is my spiritual walk so dry? Instead, we should look to Jesus Christ and see in His Word what He has for us and not to question Him. If you look at verse 24, it says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And the previous verse, it talks about how Jesus went up into the mountain to pray. So now the disciples are on the sea, and the wind is coming, and the, and the storm is coming. And the next thing that you need to write down here is, if God is always in control, we must trust in the midst of trials and storms in our life. You know, the, the most difficult thing to do in my life specifically with regards to circumstances and trials is to give my complete dependency upon Jesus Christ and letting Him lead instead of myself. You know, I'm, I'm now starting the process of beginning to find a church, find a ministry that I can serve in, and it's so difficult for me to not take the reins, so to speak, by myself, 
and to guide myself to find what I'm supposed to be. But the phrase is, it's you know, God's will. It's not Tyler's will. Because if I take the reins and I do it myself, then it's Tyler's will. No, no, no. We should let the reins go. We should let them go over to Jesus Christ. Trust Him. Give Him control. And let Him move in those trials and circumstances. Because you know what? I can, I can speak as a testimony that when I let... When you let yourself control your circumstances, we're not perfect. We're humans. We're going to make mistakes. There's circumstances in my life where I was upset at someone and I felt it was right for me to say what I should have said to that person when in fact it wasn't. Instead, I should have said, you know what? I need to step aside. I need to pray. God, how am I supposed to control this when somebody's done wrong to me? You know, think about it in your own life. There's people that you probably don't like. You know, think of the person right now that maybe is at school or here that you just, you can't, you can't get along with. You know, you just, there's no way I can get along with this person. You know what? It hasn't, it, it didn't happen by accident that that person's in your life. And think about a circumstance that's happened recently or something that's happened that you continually go over in your mind where, you know, this person did something to me and really made me upset. How did you handle that situation? Did you, did you, make fun of the person? Did you make a mean comment or a cutting, a cutting statement? Or did you say, you know what, God, I didn't do anything wrong in this situation. I'm, I'm clean. But you know what? You know what? I need, to, I need to handle this right. I need to give the reins to you. I need to let you control the circumstance and not myself. See, too many times as teenagers and as adults, young adults and adults alike, we try to control our spiritual life when in fact it's the Spirit's leading in our life that controls it, that guides us, that directs us. If you look at verse 25, it says, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. The next thing, if God is always in control, and then, I'm sorry, go down to verse 26 as well. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit, and they cried out for fear. Verses 25 and 26, If God is always in control, we must know that God is going to be there for us in the trials and storms of our lives. Know that when Jesus, when a difficult circumstance happens in your life, know that God is there. Know that He's there. Some of us, when a difficult circumstance comes in our life, we doubt that Jesus Christ is even there. And it, it, for me, I look back at, at, at a lot of circumstances that I wished I would have understood that God was there. Because when I didn't believe that God was there, it resulted in me trying to handle it on my own. And there are a lot of relationships, there are a lot of friendships that were hurt because I tried to do it on my own. And I didn't realize, hey, God's here. He's here to help me. Utilize God. You know, so often as Christians, we never utilize God. You know, we, we don't read our Bible. You know, a lot of, a lot of teenagers that, that I worked with down in Florida, they were like, Tyler, how do, we, how do I become closer to God? How do I, what does it mean to have a closer walk with God? And I'm saying, well, what are you reading for your devotions? Oh, well, I, I don't have a Bible. Or, I don't know, you know, well, okay. Uh, well, that's, number one, that's the problem. Um, when was the last time you prayed? Uh, well, I kind of, I, don't know, I have a lot of teens that go to public school. Well, I kind of hide my prayer because I don't want to be embarrassed. And I'm like, well, is food the only thing you pray for? Or do you just pray randomly? And I realize that a lot of teenagers don't utilize the Holy Spirit. They don't utilize the, the power that Christ has to do in and through you and in and through me. 
what we can't think is possible. I mean, you think about how many of you guys uh, have been on the New York missions trip? You guys been on there? A lot of you guys have. That is evidence. That is evidence. When you guys go, I don't know if you guys still do this, but I think you guys do, um, praying in the vans before you guys go to those, those meetings and every time you go in and uh, God does an amazing work and God works in and through you, that's utilizing God and knowing that He's there. You know, hey, we're going into this into this uh, park. We, I, 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 when I was a teenager, I was nervous to even talk to kids. You know, these little kids playing on the swing set, and I'm really scared of them. You know, and I'm just like, hey, uh, hey, we have prizes, puzzles, and a magic trick in a show. You know, we have a message and everything like that. And I was really scared. And you know what? As I got used to it, and as I began to utilize God's, you know, um, struggling for words here. I, uh, once I began to utilize Jesus Christ's power in and through me, that drove me to be able to want to do more. Um, I even remember, I won't mention the kid's name, but there was a kid that went on a missions trip with us to New York. He's no longer in church, I don't believe. Um, but the kid wasn't known for being an outreach type person. He wasn't known for uh, witnessing big time or anything like that. But this kid, when he got on the missions trip, him and I were uh, partnered up as far as for prayer partners. I said, is there anything I can pray for you for? He's like, yeah. And he said something so profound out of his mouth that I never thought he would think about. And he said, you know what? Um, I just want God to use me. I want, I want God's power that he has to be used in and through me so that I can make a difference in everything. And I said, wow. I said, okay. I said, yeah, I'll do that for you. And so he went on the trip. And I'm not kidding you, when, when we went through the meetings, he, he did his, his thing that we were all supposed to do. We gave out the gospel. We were able to one-on-one work with kids and everything like that. But when it got time to leave and we were going on the subway back to the, the place that we were staying, many of us would just sit there and kind of chill and relax and goof off and be teenagers. Well, this kid would grab out his ropes and would keep going. Like, I mean, he would continually go person to person to person to person on that train and do his ropes, do his three-length rope, and he would share the gospel. And I got kind of nervous because one time he was witnessing to a rabbi, you know, and this guy had the full-fledged, you know, locks and everything, and I'm just like, oh, no, this kid's not going to make it. And I just said, you know what, God? I said, I sat there and I said, you know what? Use this person. Use this person. And he led that person to the Lord. He led that rabbi to the Lord. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, how in the world does that happen? And as difficult as a circumstance, this kid, very immature spiritually, desires to be used by God in a circumstance that is very difficult, witnessing to a rabbi that maybe knows the Bible better than any of us here. And he gets there and he says, you know what? This is what has been presented to me that I want to give to you. And that's what we need to do, not, not necessarily in a witnessing aspect, although we need to do that, but when a circumstance comes in our life, that's an opportunity for you to utilize God's power that He can work in and through you. But the only way that's possible is if you recognize that He's there. And in this passage, we see that God was immediately on the scene as the circumstance happened. And I believe in that kid's life five years ago or four years ago, however long, actually, maybe it was longer than that, it was probably seven years ago. God was there and He utilized His power. But you know what? How many of us, think about it in your own life, how many of us desire to draw closer to God but we don't read our Bible every day? We desire to know God and we desire to understand all these circumstances and that God is in control but we don't pray. 
we don't utilize what God has given to us. And so we see now in verse 27, the next thing is if God is always in control, realize that there will be a peace in the midst of the storm. Verse 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. One of the greatest things is that when you're in a circumstance and you utilize God's power, yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, it's going to be difficult. But you know what? There's always going to be peace in that storm. And that's the great thing is that there will be, when you utilize God's power, when you trust Him fully and wholly, there's going to be that peace, that calm. And God's going to be there for you. You just have to trust Him. And you know what? Some of us are maybe too cool to trust God. Or some of us are too busy to trust God. Now let me make a suggestion. Don't ever make the statement that you don't have time to read your Bible because we always need to make time for God, myself included. Because I've made that, I've made that excuse. Uh, yeah, but I get up at, I get up at 7.30. I gotta go to work. I gotta be at work at 8. Doesn't matter. Should still get up at 6.45 or 7 o'clock, read your Bible instead of sleeping in and letting mom drag you out of bed. I'm 22 years old and I'm still having my mom drag me out of bed. That's a problem. But, utilize what God has given to you because once you utilize, once you put yourself, so to speak, put yourself out there for Jesus Christ to use you, you say, you know what? I'm going to step out like Peter and I'm going to trust. Okay, when I read my Bible, that's another step that I'm going to take closer to God, trusting Him, utilizing what God has given. I'm going to pray today. You know what? I'm going to pray randomly throughout the day. Hey, I got a test. I got an exam. Some of you guys got exams. One of the things that I got in the habit of when I had exams, which was seems like all the time, midterms and finals, was before every single midterm, every single final, I would pray and I would say, God, and I would admit, I would be like, God, I'm not as prepared for this final as I should be, but Lord, I want you to bless everything that I do on this final. I want you to bless me for what I've done. And if I get a D, if I get a C, if I get a B, if I get an A, I'm going to praise you. Same thing with our basketball team. When our basketball team won a game this year, every single time we got in the locker room, we sang victory in Jesus. Because we acknowledged God. We, we utilized the power that God had worked in and through us. We realized, you know what? Everything that we just did on that court was not of us. All the talent, all the skill, everything that we had was of God. And you know what? I learned that the hard way my sophomore year. That God can take that away just like that. And He can set you down in a small place and just make you feel so small and realize how big God is in comparison. And some of us, we need to understand that in those circumstances that God is always in control. We need to trust Him. We need to utilize when we're in those difficult circumstances, that prayer. We need to utilize that Bible reading time. Not just, all right, I'm going to read Matthew 16. Go through, go through. Okay, I'm done. Good. I've read my Bible. So when my mom asked me, I've read my Bible. Ah, Matthew 16. Uh, confession of Simon Peter, Jesus per, uh, prepares his disciples. Okay, I know the basic gist of it. No, we should be we should be hungry for it. Just like Pastor Burden said, you should be hungry for this book. This book is the most important book that you have in your library, if you have a library, which I don't. But when you get a library, when you get books that you enjoy reading, some of you enjoy reading, the most the, the bene- most beneficial book that you can have of all time is this book. The best book that you can have. Because it gives you the answers for everything. Many of us uh, enjoy school, but we hate 
Well, actually, no, none of us enjoy school. We hate school. But one of the things I remember was that in algebra, in algebra, how many of you took Mrs. McGee's algebra class? <laughs> Some of you guys taking it. Um, how many of you guys just looked at the answers in the back of the book for some homework? I mean, okay, I did it. I did it. I, I did it all the time. I looked up the answers. But you know what? I did my work. I showed my work. But the thing is, is that, you know, we always want to, we always want to know the answers to all the circumstances. We want to know the results. But you know what? We have to strive to understand that God is always in control in those circumstances. And as we lead, as God leads, as God works, we'll find out what His will is. We'll find out what that answer is. Um, next is verses 28 and 29. It says, And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. The next thing, if God is always in control, take steps of faith to draw closer to Him because He wants you to. And we've talked about that. The only way that you're going to get closer to God is by taking those steps of faith, by reading your Bible, by studying it, by desiring to know God's Word, and to be able to proclaim it to others. You know, if someone someone were to ask you that maybe is unsaved, you know, hey, can you show me from the Bible how I can know to be saved? I know I know that may be very uncommon in this day and age that somebody just walks up to you that's unsaved and says, hey, I'm not saved. I want to know how to be saved. But realistically, could you take the Bible and show them from this book why we're a sinner? Why we need Jesus Christ? Why there's people that die and go to hell and there's people that die and go to heaven? Why? And be able to explain it. Taking steps of faith, studying God's Word and praying, and many other things will allow you to. Another thing that I'm really excited about that the teens are doing, that some of them are doing, is they're going to that soul winning class on Sunday, or on Saturday. Some of you guys go to that. That's an awesome opportunity. That's, that's something that I wish we would have done as, as teens, and we didn't make it a priority. Let me tell you, one of the things that can make you take steps of faith in drawing closer to God is going on something like that. That is that is something that's eye-opening that every teen ought to do, is to be able to witness and to be able to share God's truth. Because you know why? Because when somebody gets saved or something miraculous happens, your faith meter just goes through the roof. Because you're so excited because God did that. Verse 30. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. If God is always in control, we must have a fixed focus on Christ who created the storm and can calm the storm. Fixed focus on Christ who created the storm and can calm the storm. You think about Peter when he walked on that water, he looked straight at Jesus, just like that baby at the beginning. Looked straight at the mom, straight at the dad. Started walking straight and looked and looked and looked. But it's just like what Pastor Burton said, some of us are distracted by the things around us. You know, think of life as, as like a supermarket and your goal is to get through it, and you have, a, you have a, an objective in front of you in the middle at the end or whatever. And all these distractions, people are trying to get you to do this. Hey, watch TV. Hey, get on Facebook. Hey, Instagram this. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. And we stop. And we just partake. And, and there's nothing wrong with those things. You know, there's nothing wrong with Facebook. There's nothing wrong with TV. There's nothing wrong with some of these other things that we get distracted with. But what is our ultimate focus ought to be? I'll be on Jesus Christ. 
And some of us, we get so caught up in, wow, a picture of me on Instagram. Woohoo! Oh man, let me just accent that a little bit. Yeah, ooh. Man, that's awesome. Facebook. Oh man, I got 300 friends. Woo! And they all want to be friends with me, you know? And then we go on to this and this, and we get so distracted by it. Yet, we lose the ultimate purpose of what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be looking to Jesus Christ. And when you look at the, when you come in that difficult circumstance, think about, think about something in your life that is a challenge for you. Maybe think about, think about a, be, a besetting sin that you continually fall into. Get it in your mind and think about that. It's difficult. It's difficult to overcome. But our focus shouldn't be on that. It should be on how can Jesus Christ help me through that circumstance? How can God miraculously work in and through me so I can stay focused on Him? Instead of focusing on the difficulty, let's, let's focus on Jesus Christ. Because when Peter stepped off that boat and he began to look at Jesus Christ, then all of a sudden the wind and the waves and everything came and he looked at the circumstance, at the problem, at the difficulty. And instead, the, the wind and the wave was created by God. He ultimately created the whole entire universe. And instead of looking at the person that created all of that, that can probably fix it and make it go away, he looked at, he looked away. And some of us, the reason why we never have victory in those difficult circumstances or in those besetting sins is because our focus is on something else. Instead of on Jesus Christ. You know that, you know that sin is, or that, that, that temptation is coming. For, for us guys, we have that struggle with our lust. We have that struggle with, when we turn on the television, we don't know what commercial is coming on next. We don't know the next click, what's going to show up on the, on the advertisements on Facebook. We don't know that. But when our mind is continually focused on Jesus Christ, all those temptations, all those distractions, seemingly almost go away for us if we stay focused on Him. And that's what Peter ought to have done is he ought to have looked to Jesus Christ and continually focused on Him. Let me ask you, when those difficult circumstances come in your life, where is your focus? Is your focus on, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stumble again. I'm going to fall again. I'm just going to make the same mistake just like last time. Or is it coming to God, going to His Word, praying, saying, God, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this. You know what, that, that's one thing that my dad has taught me and that I've gotten advice from him is that whenever I'm challenged with a difficult circumstance, immediately go to this book. Immediately go to God in prayer. Yes, you can confront Pastor Burton. Yes, you can ask um, Pastor Ferguson and my dad and things like that. But ultimately, look to this book for answers because it has it there for you. And then seek out guidance. Seek out godly counsel. You know, the Bible says in a multitude of counselors there is safety. And you have a lot of good friends right here in this group. And if you get so close-knit that when you go to God's Word and you pray, and your friend, you say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. Hey, me too. This is what I found that has really given me success. Hey, I talked to Pastor Burden about it. He's given me a lot of things to help me out through that. Hey, let me pass it on to you. It's just like a feeder system. It just rotates and rotates and rotates but we have to utilize it. We have to utilize God's power.
Verse 31, last verse. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? If God is always in control, the last thing, rest assured that Christ will immediately be there when we fall. This is something that has been clearly evident in my life as far as God working in and through me when I stumble, when I fall. When Peter fell, when Peter, when Peter was on the water and then he looked, immediately he sank into the water. And I don't know about you, but if I wasn't able to swim, if I didn't know how to swim and I was in water and I was going down, I would be looking straight up and looking for help immediately. And that's exactly what Peter did. Naturally, he looked up and stretched his hand out and God was right there saying, Hey, I got you. Yeah, he did say, Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? But the key is, is that he was there. He was there at the beginning of the circumstance. He was there when the trial or when the temptation or when the sin was taking place. He was there. But he's also there when you fall, when you make that mistake. You know what? The person next to you isn't going to be there every time you need them. Or every time you need them, they're not going to be there every time. Your mom and dad aren't always going to be there for you when something difficult happens. Your best friend at school or somewhere else isn't always going to be there for you. Your pastors aren't always going to be there for you. But God is always going to be there when you fall. And that was so evident in Peter's life. If God is always in control, the last thing is we must never doubt God. It says, wherefore didst thou doubt, or why did you doubt? Why did you look away at the storm, Peter? Don't you know who I am? I, I'm your Savior. I'm Jesus Christ. Why, why doubt me? And so many times in those circumstances, when we fall, when we stumble, it's because we doubt that God is strong enough to get us through it. I mean, sometimes that's the case. But we should never doubt the power of Jesus Christ. The most important thing is that our faith, our focus, and our trust should always be on Jesus Christ. Hey, when, when we dismiss, when we leave, your focus, everything that you do, your actions, should be one that replicates Jesus Christ. You know, when I step on the basketball floor, or when you guys step on the soccer field, or whatever, when you step into that public school, or that Christian school, your focus should be Jesus Christ. Hey, when somebody offers something, maybe like uh, answers on a test, or something else that's wrong, that's sin, that you know, hey, automatically, if your mind's focused on Jesus Christ, hey, it's not a problem. No, I can't do that. I really can't. I shouldn't do that. And if our focus is on Jesus Christ, those temptations will seemingly go away now when you overcome those temptations and when you get to new levels spiritually, uh, I don't know who the pastor is that says it, but new levels means new devils, new temptations. God's going to send things your way that are going to be difficult. It's going to happen. Just like Peter, that difficulty, getting out of the boat, walking to God, circumstance all around him, the winds, the waves, everything is crazy, everything's loud, distracting. Put yourself in that situation. You get out of that boat, you're walking to God. You already know the story. We already know that we're going to win in our life spiritually. We know that God is going to have victory. We already know that. So put yourself in Peter's shoes. You already know what's going to happen if you look away. But in our life spiritually, we already know what's the end, but yet we still look away. 
Some of us, even in our, if we put this as life right now, you're Peter walking on the water to Jesus. You know Jesus is going to be victorious. But we look away so many times, myself included. I look away and I don't utilize what God has for us. And so when those circumstances, when that, when that storm comes in your life, just repeat, repeat the phrase over and over again that God is always in control. And then utilize what He has for us. Go to His Word. When that circumstance comes, go to His Word. Pray. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't think I can do this. That's fine. You're going to God, the person that can get you through it. And then trust Him. And always remember that God is always in control. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for all You've given to us, Lord. I know um, Your Word was spoken this evening, Lord, and I know I'm not perfect. I'm not the greatest speaker. And Lord, I just ask and pray that You would just use what was spoken to change lives and to change hearts and maybe mindsets, approaches on life. Lord, forgive us for where we, where we fail You, Lord. So many times it's difficult to... Um, live this Christian life, it's very difficult to challenge. But Lord, these teenagers are facing temptations that I never had to face when I was a teenager. There's new trials, there's new difficulties. But Lord, in those difficulties, in those circumstances, may they remember that God is always in control and that He's there for them. Like Peter, as he fell and immediately God was there. Lord, God is with us tonight. And Lord, I just pray that You would just be with these teens as they go throughout their summer. Keep them away from temptation. May their eyes be focused on Jesus Christ and not things around them. We pray all these things in Your Son's precious name. Amen.